Although the harmful effects of alcohol on conditions such as liver cirrhosis and cancers of the liver have been firmly established, there's always been uncertainty as to whether a little light to moderate alcohol consumption might be beneficial to the risk of coronary heart disease and stroke. A recent study by researchers from the school using new methodology has suggested otherwise. Dr Caroline Dale is joint first author on the paper and told us more. For many years, well, probably since the 1970s, there's been observational studies looking at the impact of alcohol drinking on, on heart disease. And they have tended to find that compared to non-drinkers, light to moderate drinkers have a small cardioprotective effect. However, there's a number of potential limitations with that type of study. And therefore, we have approached the question from a different perspective. From what perspective were previous studies taken from and how does yours change? So previous observational, traditional epidemiological studies would have asked people questionnaire data about their alcohol consumption at baseline and then waited over many years to see the rates of, of coronary heart disease apart, depending on their baseline alcohol consumption. Our study is quite different in that in the recent years more and more studies have been able to genotype their data and that makes it possible to do a study design called Mendelian randomization, and that is the study design that, that we've applied in this study. So you're actually taking data from a number of studies mm -hmm. and looking at genetic information from that to determine whether people are heavy or light drinkers. Is, is that right? Sort of. So we, we've taken data from 56 epidemiological studies, and you're, you're right that it's all been genotyped. And we have information about a gene called ADH1B and a specific variant of that called RS1229984. And basically we use that as a tool for their level of alcohol consumption instead of the alcohol consumption per se, according to the questionnaire. Everybody would have that gene, but some people will have the A version of it and some people will have the G version of it. And if you have the A version of it, it means that you're predisposed to drink a, a lower amount of, of alcohol. As simple as that? As, as simple as that, yeah. So that, but obviously we're talking on average just because you... It's not um, a genetic determinism that we're talking about. Just because you have that gene doesn't mean it will perfectly predict it. But on average, that in the population, there will be a difference between the A carriers and the non-carriers in the amount of alcohol that they drink. So as you say, 56 studies. And what's the population size across those studies? The 56 studies, across all of those, we've, we've been able to incorporate 260,000 individuals and the studies come from 18 different countries. So that's quite a large sample. It, it is a very large sample yeah and I guess the reason for that is because the actual difference in alcohol consumption between the A carriers and the non carriers is, is relatively small. In simple terms you can equate a Mendelian randomization study to a randomized control trial and because genes are randomly allocated from parents to offspring and the fact that that process is independent of common confounding factors of traditional epidemiological studies like smoking and, and diet, it enables you to have two groups in the population that are effectively randomised. Therefore, if we have a gene variant which differs by level of alcohol consumption, we can follow those two groups up over time and, and look at their coronary heart disease rates. And what were the results from this study? The results of the study, we found that the A carriers were, on average, drinking 17% less alcohol, 
and they were also less likely to be binge drinkers and they were more likely to be non-drinkers. In addition to that, in terms of our main results, so the coronary heart disease, we found that the lower drinking A carriers had a 10% lower odds of a coronary heart disease event. So this seems to contradict the observational studies, which unfortunately suggest that a little bit of drinking is, isn't a bad thing, might be a good thing. Mm-hmm. So what, going back to those original observational studies, what possible reasons might there have been for that? Is it just people who don't drink are just unhealthier anyway? Yeah, absolutely. So this is really important for, for understanding the, the, the niche of our study, if you like. So in an observational study, you have this problem that the non-drinkers who are used as the baseline that group will contain people who may have reduced their alcohol consumption or or quit consumption in response to becoming ill, perhaps from coronary heart disease. And therefore, if you let that group of non-drinkers is effectively polluted by people that previously were drinkers and therefore the risk, the coronary heart disease risk that they experience is not actually a true reflection of perhaps what the risk is really would be with non-drinking and so therefore in the rest in, in when you're comparing other groups to that baseline you're getting an artificial result in addition to that bias there's also another problem in that the light to moderate drinkers will will differ from other people in many other respects other than just their light to moderate drinking and so they'll tend to be on average healthier people so they and we can see this in our data we can see that they tend to do more physical activity they tend to have healthier diets and those things have all been shown to be beneficial for heart disease so it's very difficult to disentangle well what is the beneficial effect is it really the light to moderate drinking or is it these other sort of associated behaviors that go along with it and obviously in studies we in epidemiological studies we try to control for that when we do statistical methods to control for confounding but those methods tend to be imperfect and so even in in good observational studies there may well be residual confounding from that kind of effect. So that's uh, coronary events what about other health effects of drinking? In our study, we focused on cardiovascular disease and we we looked at, um, in addition to coronary heart disease, we looked at stroke and and diabetes events and we looked at a range of biomarkers for cardiovascular health, so including markers of inflammation, blood pressure and markers of adiposity like BMI and waist circumference. And we found a consistent picture that the lower drinking A carriers had a preferential cardiovascular profile, so they also had lower BMI and they had lower blood pressure. What would you have done differently with this study if if, if you could do it again? What we would like to do next, which perhaps another way to to answer that, is that we'd like to to get even bigger numbers. So, And I think there are opportunities and and data sets available to do that. So, for example, UK Biobank. And so, obviously, by getting bigger numbers from a data set like UK Biobank, then we would have more events in that strata. And so we might be closer to getting a more precise estimate in in that group. And did anything about the results surprise you? So I guess you could say that the main finding that when we stratified according to alcohol consumption, that even amongst light to moderate drinkers, there was still a CHD reduction amongst the lower drinking A carriers. That was a surprising result in the sense that according to all the a priori evidence from traditional observational epidemiological studies, you would have expected the opposite result. So you, you would have expected amongst the light to moderate drinkers that drinking less would have been detrimental and so the fact that we we found the opposite that was a a surprise result according to the to the evidence to date 
In addition, though, we were surprised not to see any association with um, high-density lipoprotein cholesterol, um, which is the, the commonly known as the good cholesterol, because um, there's been good experimental evidence or a lot of evidence to suggest that there's a clear dose-response relationship with alcohol consumption. And from a, a personal point of view, has your results affected the way that you're going to change your own alcohol consumption? I guess the, the findings of our study suggest that whatever your level of consumption, it's always better to, to reduce that consumption. However, I think it's still a, a matter of individual choice. But if you do choose to drink, don't drink in the belief that it will be beneficial for your heart.